Welcome to the Hayrish Podcast, start of the second part of our basketball season. Normally, uh, between now and Christmas, most of the teams will get in and complete most of their non-conference play. Starting after Christmas, we'll have a lot of division play, so the competition level uh, will definitely increase. Also, a lot of football players will be back, uh, which make the competition a little bit better. We've had some teams who have a majority of their kids playing football, and now uh, since they are not playing in the state finals, then they're going to be back to basketball. Speaking of that, state finals will be held this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, at Ole Miss. We're glad to have them back this part of the state. We're excited. Uh, last time they were here, we had several teams participating in just the same, we still have several teams participating again this year with uh, first-time teams uh, in the state tournament ever will be the Grenada Chargers. Uh, Coach Fair uh, left Lafayette in his first year at uh, Grenada. He's done a great job with them, and we're excited to see them play. Charleston is back uh, in the, the state finals. Charleston, four or five years ago, had a great run of three or four years. Uh, we hopefully this year, uh, total advance, actually won the last state title for Charleston. Hopefully, um, Coach Don Taylor uh, will be able to bring that uh, goal back to the North Mississippi area. Then we have Starkville. Starkville is uh, one of the teams that's close to us. Starkville is defending uh, state champ for 6A. They have an opportunity this year to be the, the first time ever 7A state champion. You know, we this is the first year. Uh, the state decided to go uh, to seven classifications, uh, one through seven, and we're excited in what that has done. Made an opportunity for a lot of kids uh, to experience the playoff, a lot of kids experience uh, what the state champion will feel like, and we're just excited that it's going to be at Ole Miss. If you're an official and you want to attend those games, you can go to Dragonfly, sign up, and get your state pass. State pass costs somewhere around $40, uh, but it's a pass that you can go to any game throughout the whole state in any sport. So I think it's a great great deal for you to get that. And if not, you just go in and pay. Uh, if you go three days and you pay what the state is charging, then you've actually bought a state pass, but you won't be able to use it because you don't really actually have one. So let's take advantage of that. Just go to your home page and download a state pass and pay for it. Uh, it's uh, electronic, so you could be able to get it uh, pretty quick. So make sure you get that and attend and support some of the local teams playing in our area. Biggersville is there as well. We'll make sure we get them, give them their accolades. It's not easy for a team to make it to the state finals. You know, sometimes it's easy for playoffs because in some divisions we only have three or four teams and everybody makes the playoff, which is a good thing. Kids get an opportunity uh, to go and travel and go to areas they don't normally go to. And I think with this year, it's a great opportunity for our team to experience that. So let's go out and support Biggersville. Here's a state tournament playoff schedule for this weekend. This year, the South teams will be the home teams kicking off Thursday at 4 o'clock. Biggersville coming to this game with a 11-1 record. We'll be playing Velma Jackson. Velma Jackson representing the South. And Biggerville will be from the North. Velma Jackson, great team this year. 13-0 on the season. Looking for their first ever state title. 2A, Charleston, 12-2. will be hosting Heidelberg. Heidelberg comes in at 11-3. That game will be played Friday at 4 o'clock. 3A division, Winona, 14-0. will be playing a tough Knox County team Saturday. At 3.30, Knoxby County come in with a lot of experience, uh, but I still going to pick Winona to win that matchup. 4A, 
Louisville, 14 and 0, will take on a Columbia team from the South. It's also 14 and 0. Don't know a whole lot about Columbia, but I'd have to go with Louisville uh, to win that one. And the 5A, West Point, 10 and 3 up against Laura, 8 and 6. That game will be played Thursday night at 7:30. West Point, a lot of experience, been there a lot of times, as well as Laura. So that's going to be a tough matchup. And 6A, first time state final Grenada coming in the game at 11 and 3. We'll be playing a tough offensive minded West Jones team who is 13 and 0. That game is being played Friday at 7 30. And wrapping up, the state finals will be Starkville hosting uh, Oak Grove at the stadium at Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Starkville comes in at 10 and 3, and Oak Grove comes in at 12 and 1. Great weekend. Get a chance to get out and watch some of the high school football players play. Uh, please be able to do that. We think it's going to be a great time. The weather is going to be cooperative this week. We think that it's going to be uh, 60 plus. I uh, may uh, get rain on Friday, but for the most part, it's going to be a pleasant football weekend. The basketball schedule is now posted to the end of December. Be sure to go into Arbiter Sport and accept or decline your games. We're still getting a lot of uh, notifications, which means that you've actually seen the game and had made a decision on it. You have a three-day window to accept the games. If you don't accept it within that three-day window, the games will come back as declined. We ask you time and time again to go in uh, to Arbiter Sports and close out those dates to maximize your potential uh, for, to get games signed. Uh, when we go in to make the assignments and we see that you're open, and then at the last time when you get the game, you decline it, that means that you're not going in and closing out your dates. You are an independent contractor and if you want to work basketball there's plenty of opportunities to work. If you go in and close out those dates then the computer will actually assign you to open dates. When you don't close those dates they assign you to whatever dates is available and they turn out to be dates that you ultimately will close. So let's be a team player as it relates to that. Be patient. Continue to do the work. Continue to do the things that we ask required uh, as an official. Uh, being on time, dressing the part, using proper mechanics, and then being cordial uh, to people, uh, being a people person. Uh, it's not all about us, it's about the teams, it's about the players, coaches and fans, and we just count out on our with some officials who go out there with a uh, chip on their shoulder, and um, the attitude is not right as an official, and that's something that we uh, definitely don't not support because we want uh, to be a team player, we want to be part of the educational process just like the teachers uh, and the school personnel is. So when we go out there to work a basketball game, we want to make sure that we don't go out there with a chip on our shoulder and uh, with, uh, with an attitude. And sometimes coaches, uh, you have a special situation that you have to deal with prior to the game. And once we deal with it, our attitude carries over uh, into the game. And when there's a call being made, sometimes coaches think that we made that call because we definitely weren't in agreement uh, when we initially started the game. We, we just want to make sure that when we uh, the, out there, everything's done. I've received several calls from game managers and game administrators and some coaches, even some scorekeepers who've been doing this for a long time. It has a gauge on how officials uh, respond because they've seen these particular officials uh, throughout the course of their careers. And, and when those people speak, I want to listen and have an ear to them because you know they are concerned about the game and they're concerned about uh, how things are managed at their particular school. We all 
treat that like sometime when we are working a basketball game and we have one coach who's known not to be a griper, known not to be critical to officials, and then we always say when that coach does say something, nine times out of ten, they're going to be right. Then we got that one who's always complaining about every call, every little thing that happens on the court, and you just kind of watch him off and then you don't kind of listen to him. But for the most part, those guys who don't ever say anything, and when they really do say something, nine times out of ten, they could possibly be several areas concerned, one being important. Don't let the venue in our perception uh, determine how we uh, take care of protocol. There are certain things that we're required to do that we want to do at the beginning of a game. We want to stand across the court and let the kids, if they want to come and dab hands with us, just come across the court. We don't want to be in front of the scores table. So make sure, regardless of what level you're working, whether it's middle school, JV, whatever it is, at the beginning of the game, uh, conduct business like it's supposed to be conducted. Watch the teams, watch the uniforms, look for any jury, take care of stuff at the scores table. Do all those things that require. Sometimes it'd be so lackadaisical in your mind, the officials get to be lackadaisical. So we gotta always be professional. It doesn't matter what level of game you're working, to the people who participate in the game, it's an important game to them, and it's their Super Bowl. We want to make sure that we uh, make sure that they have pride in doing what they're doing, and we're doing exactly what we're doing. We don't want to downplay the game, and sometimes our attitude definitely attests to that. The young officials out there working, your mechanics are the same for middle school, just as well as they are for varsity. So make sure you carry that over uh, to that, and that's how you can definitely get to the next level, but once you get the opportunity to work a high school game, then you don't have to relearn those things over. So let's be uh, strict with that. We had some situations early in the season where kids are dunking the basketball during warm-up. We want to make sure if you're R1 or R2, you observe the team you're assigned to. One of the other things that we want to definitely try to do is when we do have the game managers meeting, we want to make sure all three officials attend that meeting introduce uh, themselves so they can be represented to the coach so when the coach does have a question he know who the officials are there's ways they can do this stuff prior to the game but in most cases uh, we uh, introduce ourselves and we tell them you know what's going on and what our procedure is a lot of times they want to look at our demeanor uh, for the particular game to make sure that we are all uh, ready to go and excited about being there sometimes we go to games and coaches and fans well, you know, be critical of us because our attitude kind of sounds like, well, I probably could be doing something a little bit different. Let that be the most important thing you're doing that night if you're going to accept the basketball game. And also, when we talked about kids dunking doing warm-up, one of the penalties for that is an it's indirect foul because it's charged definitely to the head coach. I think we misinterpret that several times already this season. Is if you charge a kid with dunking doing warm-up, that means the coach, the head coach, has to sit the entire game. Uh, that's referenced in Rule 10, uh, Section 6. Uh, the head coach must remain seated uh, on the team bench, except in situations where there's a timeout, etc. Uh, what the rule simply says is anytime there's a direct technical, which means uh, you directly take the coach, or indirectly, which means that someone else that he's responsible for uh, causes him to be uh, get a technical foul. In this case, a dunking in pregame warm-up is an indirect technical foul charged both to that player and to the head coach, and the head coach must remain seated throughout the course of the game. So let's be uh, sure when we uh, hit a technical foul on dunking, let's make sure it's clear. Let's make sure it's a clear dunk. You know, rules is, is, is specific to the point that, you know, when they 
slam the ball down to the rim through the goal, you can technically classify as a dunk. But let's don't get bird dog there. Let's don't make sure that when it's a dunk, let's make sure it's a, a dunk that it, not only we see it, the head coach is definitely sees it as well. You know, how disgruntling is it for you to go over to the head coach and say, Coach, uh, we just hit a technical foul on number 10. And that um, I means you're going to have to sit the entire ball game. You're not starting the ball game out uh, right now. It's not our responsibility. It's the coach's responsibility. But when you see kids uh, close to the rim, playing around the rim, as a warning, go to them and say, hey, son, hey, you know if you're dunk during the game, your coach is going to have to sit. And kids don't want their responsibility on them. So let's make sure we uh, don't uh, come out there and just looking for that particular rule. But in most cases, it's one of those things where uh, we're going to uh, lean to the least resistance. If it's close, we're going to warn the kid and we're going to make sure that uh, we give coaches an opportunity to understand what the rule is. And then it doesn't hurt to go over to them and say, Coach, you know that kid almost dunked, so you know what the penalty is for that. And we can start the game out moving forward. And I think coaches will address that uh, during the rest of the season. Be sure. Um, we understand where we are with that. We don't definitely want to start the game off with a negative note uh, like that. Sometimes uh, it incites the crowd, especially when we have a situation where these kids coming out, they're enthusiastic, they hyper, uh, and they jump in a little bit uh, taller than they think they can jump. And then uh, so all of a sudden they've slammed one for the first time ever. And then now you got a coach that's got to sit out uh, in tower for the uh, rest of the uh the, the, the several points of emphasis we want to make note of. One is the hand checking, always going to be a problem. If we're consistent with that, let's try to be consistent from the start all the way to the end as it relates to hand check. One hand is free, that same hand again technically is a foul. Two hand on the player is always a foul. That elbow down in the paint is always a foul. Let's be consistent with that. Let's be consistent from the beginning to the end uh, if we're going to make that call. The traveling rule, you know, we have this jump step. Kids are seeing all kinds of things on TV in the NBA and college basketball, and they go out and try to do those same things. Remember, this is high school basketball. Uh, one of the best ways in order to interpret that traveling rule is always look to see how they land. If they if they jump off one foot and land on both feet, they're okay. If they jump off one foot and land on uh, one foot at a time, uh, then it's technically it's traveling. So we want to be consistent from the beginning all the way to the end. If you're going to call it, then make sure um, we call it and be consistent with it. Another issue we're having is boxing out. You know, once the contact is felt and the kid is backing up, if he displaced the player who's entitled to that position, then it's a foul. You know, sometimes coaches will come to you and say he was just boxing them out. Well, that's in the problem. You know, he did box them out, but he boxed them out and he pushed them uh, on back, and that's a foul on the player who's doing the boxing out. Sometimes you gotta make sure uh, if it's a three-point shot, you stay with the three-point shooter. Cause a lot of times you have kids who boxing out out there uh, in the, before the kid uh, returns to the floor. Now once he returns to the floor, there's contact. We wanna make sure those are obvious fouls and we're not gonna uh, you know, give them something they're not entitled to. And then we also understand that once the kid shoots the basketball or he returns to the floor, then the blockout happens. It's not a three-point shot. It's gonna be either a bonus uh, two shot foul or ball out of bounds. We're just not going to, it got to be an act of shooting in order to be a three point shot. Let's make sure we uh, definitely on top of that. Three seconds, we have a lot of coaches, a lot of fans yelling three seconds. We know that every time the ball is shot to the basket, you have to get the rebound. And once you get the rebound, you got to see what team has control. And if the same team has control, then your count start over again. We have seen, uh, 
rebound after rebound, and then you have coaching gear in three seconds, three seconds, and you know you don't even have one second. So let's be sure we don't give them the benefit of that because you know they are entitled to be in that lane as long as the ball is being shot because there is no team control on the shots. Let's make sure we definitely wear that rule. Last time I called three seconds, and again was still in the lane when the, the three seconds was called. Therefore, with no argument about that. You know, sometimes when we call three seconds, we look in the lane, there's nobody there. So let's make sure we talk to kids out of as much as we possibly can. Preventive officiating still uh, is around, still helps. It helps us. We don't want to be seen. You know, we never would call a basketball game without being seen because there's so much contact and we're in close proximity. But the, the fact of the matter is, if you can prevent something from happening, you know, do the best you can to prevent it from happening, it will definitely help you in the long run. Let's do a better job of turning over that last second shot. You know, we have a last second shot, not just at the end of the game, last second shot, basically at the end of each quarter. So make sure that we do a good job of doing that. We have a lot of places where we have a lot of small gym. Let's do the best we can to keep our seat across the court, you know, to stay out of the way of the coaches. We want the definite, don't want the coaches on the court, but at the same time, you know, if, the, if they are allowed to stand and they don't have room to stand, then we're gonna have to be a little bit more liberal in how we administer that rule. So let's be sure we uh, understand all of this <clears throat> stuff uh, with coaches. And have, it's always good to have this kind of conversation in your pregame. If you have this kind of conversation in your pregame, then everybody understand exactly where we are and how we're going to hand, handle particular situations tonight. We haven't had a big issue with fan control right now because it's early part of the season, but we definitely will have that. And once we get to the point where we do have fan issues, let's get game management in on that early. It's best to have somebody representing game management uh, at the game manager's meeting and then talk about the crowd. We know the robbers. We've been around long enough to know who, uh, what robbery games we're going to have and how the crowd's going to react to those games. We'll make sure above board as it relates to those issues. Hopefully this podcast will help uh, keep you up to date on some real-time issues that we may or may be having uh, during the course of the season. We're definitely going to get a little bit more consistent in our posting. It's been a little bit inconsistent because of several things uh, going on. But with that being said, uh, this is a Hey Ref podcast. Uh, we're going to do some positive things from the officiating standpoint. We don't get a lot of uh, accolades from fans or coaches, but when we do get them, we want to make sure we know about them. I still say we are doing a better job than we've done uh, before. Um, we got young people coming up, and then uh, they're working hard. They are beginning to develop the love. Uh, they have kept people like myself and some other uh, long-term veterans in this thing for a long time, and we hope to be at some point able to pass it on. Uh, keep listening. Keep working hard. And thanks for listening to the Hey Ref Podcast. This is Fred Johnson.